0: Alright, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. And on this one, uh, anger at Texas Tech basketball turns to apathy, it seems, with our fan base. And, you know, it's very relatable. Texas Tech has dropped to 0-8 and in Big 12 play this Wednesday. They played West Virginia. They lost by 15 at home To the second worst team in the Big 12. The only team worse than West Virginia in the Big 12 is, well, your Texas Tech Red Raiders at the moment. Additionally to that, on Saturday, Texas Tech had a chance on the road against a top 10, now top 10, now top 5 Kansas State team. They led at half 33-28 And fell apart and lost 68-58, being outscored by 15 in the second half. They led by as much as 9 points. And right now, this just feels like a team that does not know how to win games. It feels like a coach who, I I don't know. Uh, We'll get into that more, but we'll talk about basketball. I'll give you my dream Big 12 schedule. Also, this is going to be a bit different of an episode. Uh, So, We had some recording issues, but I recorded with somebody named Chase Wade. Uh, He used to run track for Texas Tech, Uh, so some parts of that will be added in the end, Uh, just so you know, Uh, so you don't think that I just switched to talking about something from, say, Saturday. All right, here we go. Um, So our first game of the week against Kansas State, Uh, I'll review that one for a few minutes here. It was not a good game for us um you had your chances you had your chances and there's really nothing more you can say than that you just fell apart in the second half i mean i was watching this game and in the second half when we were up nine it kind of felt like i i never really felt like we were going to win the game i was just watching thinking all right how's this one gonna come undone for us And once again, you got pretty minimal work out of your bench. Uh, They combined for, what was it now, Uh, 46 minutes. 46 out of 200 minutes came from your bench. By the way, Kansas State has only played nine guys in conference play all season long. And they had, doing this mental math here, they had 57 minutes. They had over 10 more minutes than you did, and they've only played nine guys in conference play all season long. They are not a deep roster. Um, O'Banner, Isaacs, Tyson, Harmon all went for 30-plus minutes. Uh, Harmon got 13 points uh, on 5 of 16 from the field. I'm sorry, that's not a good game. Pop Isaacs, he's a great player. I sure hope we keep him because he's going to be really, really good in the future for us. He had a rough outing, 4 of 16 from the field, 3 of 11 uh, from 3, 13 points. Jalen Tyson, not a good outing, 3 of 12 from the field for 8 points. O'Banner, 4 of 12 from the field, 9 points. And what he does best and what we were hoping when AMAC and Bacho were both back, if they both got to full health, he can play some small forward and be really a 3-point shooter for us. He went 1 of 6 from 3 has played pretty decently, 3 of 8 from the field in 19 minutes, 6 points. Um, notables, Boccio got 20 minutes, got 6 points, 3 of 4 from the field. He was efficient at least. Kerwin Walton took one shot, hit a 3 in 7 minutes. It. Elijah Fisher, again, didn't see the court, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Canadians coming up and what the future of them is with Texas Tech basketball, both Elijah Fisher and Fardoz Amac in both very different scenarios, but I, I was watching this game and just never felt like we were going to win it. It, it. And we had that point where, what was it, about 10 minutes to go. We were up 9, maybe up 11, and they go on that crazy run, take a two-point lead, and we finally get a timeout. It, man, Mark Adams, stop trying to save your timeouts for these end-of-game plays because half most of the time we don't even get there. When they get on these big runs. And when we do like when we did against Oklahoma. his The, the play they drew up, drew up made no sense. You're having Jalen Tyson take a corner three. Or you're having Lamar Washington take a fade away 25 footer that gets blocked. I mean a, a lot of these plays just don't make much sense. I, I wish we would call a timeout if they get on a 6-0 run in that situation. You got three timeouts in the second half. You only want to use one in the first. I get that. You got three timeouts in the second half. Quit trying to save them. If you have to let your players make a play with 15 seconds left, you got to do that. And shoot, with what we've been drawing up from the side, it's probably going to work better than what than if they just take, take ownership of it. I mean, it's a frustrating team to watch. Um, I was talking with Chase, and this one – can't release the whole thing. We'll add a good amount on to the end of this. It will be a longer podcast because of that. But... Man, at this point, it's a lost season. And you kind of felt that after the Baylor game. You felt that UT would... I kind of felt like, okay, OU, we should beat them at home. And then we're going to pick up one of these. We're going to be 2-4 and four after this tough stretch. We can keep chugging along. We don't get OU. Davion. Harmon actually best game in a Texas Tech uniform and it counts for nothing because of that those late decisions at the end of the game. We have two fouls to give and Demarion Williams lets a guy go by him and isn't told to foul him. It it doesn't make much sense. And then against Texas what we're down three and three point eight seconds to go. You give it to Harmon or you give it give it off the inbounds, then you give it back to Harmon, and then he gets fouled and doesn't even go up for the three. You have your best three-point shooter. If you're going to give the ball to him, don't waste a second off the clock by throwing it in and giving it back to him from full length of the court. Just give it to him. Set a screen. Give it to him. And tell him, hey, if they look like they're going to foul you, go up and take a shot. Because at this point, I don't really know what to say about the coach in here. I, I know he was AP Coach of the Year, but he is very well on the hot seat. And you know he's on the hot seat because the guy who has donated probably the most money to Texas Tech basketball of anyone is on semi-public form- forums commenting on it. All right, anyways, um, moving on from Kansas State because that game was painful enough. Then West Virginia, you know, Kansas State on the road against who is now a top-five team. They're going to drop a bit because they did lose to Iowa State. But at, but they played Iowa State close at Hilton. That's more than we can say. That's more than really anybody who's played at Hilton yet this season can say, including Texas. Um, I don't even know if Kansas is going to be able to say that with the way they've been playing when they go there uh, this Saturday or in a couple Saturdays. But this West Virginia game, Again, you got nothing from the bench. You got a total of uh, seven points from Jennings, three points from Allen, two points from Fisher. Hey, Fisher got 15 minutes finally. He got double-digit minutes. Uh, no points from Lamar Washington, none from Damarion Williams, three points from Kerwin Walton. He went one of two from three, one of three from the field. Your starters, Davion Harmon, uh, you know what oh, – all I can say about Harmon is he's probably a heck of a one-on-one player, but he does not fit what this team is trying to do. Um, and he's also probably a heck of a one-on-one player because he doesn't dribble, you can't dribble into traps on one-on-one. But uh, he went 5 of 10 from the field, was fairly efficient, 14 points, four points from the free throw stripe. Not a good free throw stripe day for him, and there was one big miss that I'll get into. Uh, he went 4 of 7. He's normally closer to about 80%, one of your most consistent guys. Jalen Tyson. A, not a good day. Two of eight from the field. One of five from three. He got six points. He got one rebound all game. And we've seen him get I maybe not double-digit rebounds, but eight, nine rebounds before. One rebound, and we're just beating off the glass all day. West Virginia just straight out out-toughed you today. And then Pop Isaacs going down with an injury. He didn't play great, great before that. That's not the reason we lost the game. Uh, he made one really nice shot. It was, it was only two points of the game. Obviously a good prospect. Um, really bad week. Um, he's probably been one of our most consistent players this year. Bacho got 28 minutes, four points, and something's been off. He scored double digits against both Creighton and Ohio State and has just been ineffective in conference play. And I mean, we can talk all day about it, but... I think one of the huge problems with him is he doesn't just get hurt because he did get a nagging injury last year. He has a nagging injury on his shooting hand right now on a finger, but he also got sick before big 12 play and lost 15 pounds, which I mean, that's a concern. You you have somebody and I get, you get COVID last year. It, Pretty much takes you out of conference play. You don't get in the rotation as much. But, man, he was supposed to be a starter for us. He got sick again. It wasn't COVID-related this time. That's a concern for the future. And, look, the coaching staff definitely overhyped him. I mean, they were talking that he can be an NBA player. He's clearly not that. He got four points against West Virginia at home today in 28 minutes. Um, Kevin O'Banner, 30 minutes. He was One of your best players today. 7 of 13 from the field for 20 points. And once again, what we hoped that he could do more of was make threes. He went 1 of 6 in Manhattan. Just like Manhattan, he went 1 of 6 from 3 again. I mean, that's just not going to cut it. You need this guy to be somewhere between a 33 to even tops 40% three-point shooter. I I think he was almost a 40% three-point shooter in conference play last year and He's just nowhere near this. Nowhere near it at this point. And some key plays from this game that's just kind of shows you things are not going well for this team. First off, they're up 15-5 pretty early in this. They were up 8-0 before that. They got outscored at home after that point by the second worst team in the Big 12. The only... And you're the only team worse than them. This is your easiest game of the year. They got outscored by 25 points in, what, 33 minutes? And the play I was talking about where Harmon missed that free throw, 14 minutes left, you're down 38-35. Harmon gets a bucket, gets an and-one opportunity, chance to tie the game up. He misses the free throw. It's tipped out by, I believe, Robert Jennings and West Virginia immediately takes it down. Within 10 seconds, they hit a three, and it's 41-37. Right after that, it, again, 42-41, they hit a bank shot three, and if they hit a lot of bank shots that, yeah, normally those don't get go in, but still, you're playing your easiest game of the Big 12 slate, and you get ran out of your building by 15 points after having a 10-point lead. And four minutes left it's 6354 West Virginia is going for a shot Harmon looks like he's in good a guarding position and for God knows why decides to flop it wasn't a charge he was not gonna get the call and they bank shot a, they bank a shot in and it all of a sudden oh not it's an 11 point game again with four minutes left games pretty much over at that point I I don't get what Harmon's doing. Half the time, and I think one of the best things I heard this from Rob Rowe. He was listening to the radio call Jeff Haxton on there. One of his calls was dribbles, 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 shot, no good. I mean, that's this offense right now. It there's no movement. I mean, heck, bring back the motion offense. At least we're doing something rather than taking the air out of the ball for for what is it, 29 seconds and forcing a shot. All right, anyways. This season's pretty much lost, but we'll go ahead and look ahead to what we have next. We have LSU on the road. Um, Last time we played there was during the 2021 uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge. We're doing that again in 2023. We're going back there again. I I don't understand how we get this scheduling, uh, but we got Kentucky at home, so I'm not complaining about that Big 12 SEC Challenge too much, but this is a struggling team. I mean, they beat Arkansas to start conference play 60-57. to Then they lost at Kentucky, lost at A&M by double digits, lost to Florida at home by 11, got blown out in Tuscaloosa by 40 points, which, by the way, that was on ESPN at the same time that Kansas hosting Iowa State was on ESPN+. Plus. I mean, the, the this is going to be a side note, but the fact that football, you can have five-day scheduling for what channel and time it's on, but you can't schedule, you, you schedule the basketball channels before the year, makes no sense. We're going to get a lot of ESPN, ESPN2 games coming up, thankfully instead of ESPN+, Plus, but because of that. But still, I'd like to be able to watch Kansas, Kansas State next week on something other than my phone screen. Uh, They lost to Auburn by 18 points. They lost to Tennessee by 21 points. And then they got blown out in Fayetteville by 20 points. This is Texas Tech's best chance to get a win. Pop Isaacs. Look, if I'm Pop Isaacs, I'm not playing in this game. This is not a Big 12 game. The Big 12 SEC Challenge, and it has helped Tech in the past. 2019 when Avery Benson was diving on the floor against Arkansas that really helped turn this season around that was kind of the start of it then you got blown out in Lawrence I believe the next Saturday and Odiase had that team meeting but that kind of started the turnaround because that team was not looking good at that point but and then again against Mississippi State last year we blew them out of the water then went and beat Texas at home it's a game that to be fair, I, I'm sure SEC, I I'm going to sound like an SEC football fan, I'm sure SEC schools care about a lot during the season, but even talking, uh, hearing what Iowa State fans are saying, anybody that has a nagging injury, they don't think they should play in this game. You're in the conference title race. And for us, it matters because you want to get a win. You want to finally have a win on your resume against somebody with that. Really, LSU only has half a pulse, but... Somebody with a pulse, because you're 0-10 against teams with a pulse this year. Uh, But at the end of the day, you beat LSU. It's not really going to matter if you can't pick up a few conference wins. And right now, you're in real danger of going 0-18 in conference play. Your easiest games left are home against Oklahoma State, who's not a bad team. They're going to be fighting for a tournament berth. You get them on the last day of the season – which could make or break whether they make it to the tournament. And then they're probably going to see you again in that 7-10 matchup in Kansas City on Wednesday night. Um, You have OU on the road, which OU is not an intimidating place. I I think you're a better team with OU. If Pop Isaacs is playing, I don't think Fardos will, but if you have Bacho back in the lineup, I think you are a better team than OU and can beat them on the road. But they're still in the NCAA tournament conversation. If they're still in there, they're going to be playing a lot more hungry than you are right now. And then you got, I guess, TCU and Texas at home are your next two easiest. And you can definitely beat either of them. I mean, you saw it for 20 minutes with both of them that you were a better team for 20 minutes by far against both of them on the road. But it it's tough to see this team finishing a game. And... Um, There's more concerning things in addition to that. Fardall's AMAC. I will be honest with you. We're going to get to the Canadians right now. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if he plays another game in a Texas Tech uniform. Like, what is the point of him playing a game in the Texas Tech uniform? I think he came in for three games, tried to turn it around, didn't work out. Because... I, I'm not going to get into what I saw, but it, I I just don't see him coming back. I think he takes a medical redshirt, and he has a year left after that, and he's the same age as me right now. He's 24. He may be a college basketball player at 26, which he worked his way up from, I, I believe, a JUCO to Utah Valley State, and maybe not JUCO, D2, D3, because he did have to sit out in redshirt a year. That was He's been in uh, in play so long that you transfer and you have to actually sit a, out a year. But I'd be shocked if he comes back. Elijah Fisher, uh, he's not quite the top-rated recruit Tech's ever gotten because he reclassified. But he was a top-10 recruit for the year of 2023, which was the classification that he was supposed to be. He has scrubbed all Texas Tech uh, photos from his Instagram. He's not getting minutes. I, I don't get why he's not getting minutes. At this point, look, if Pop's healthy, you play Pop. If Bacho's healthy, you play Bacho. If Tyson, you play. Uh, Jennings, Washington, you play. You see what they got. You see if they can take your their lumps. Because, look, we're not fighting for NCAA tournament berth. This isn't like last year where it's like, Yeah, I'd love to have Agbo in, but we're fighting for a Big 12 title. We're fighting for our NCAA tournament seeding. We want to be a three seed, not a four seed. Um, This is a lot different. The NCAA tournament is out the window. I'm sorry. I know there's some people who believe that you can still get into the tournament with five wins. You can't. There's been six teams in the Big 12 play since they've gone to 18 games that have gotten five wins. Zero have made the tournament. There's been five teams to get six wins in Big 12 play. Zero have made the tournament. There have been eight teams to get seven wins and two made the tournament. But at that point, you're looking at you got to go seven and three the rest of the way. You got to beat LSU. So it's really eight and three. And you probably need a win in Kansas City. You're looking at nine, a nine and three stretch, which come on. We just don't see it in this team because I know Iowa State got blown out last year. They did get seven wins, but they had a good non-conference. Your non-conference, according to the Ken Palm, is in the 300s out of 355 schools, and it's not even the low 300s. It's it's a lost season at this point, and the focus turns to Mark Adams. That's where it goes, because it looks like we're going to lose Elijah Fisher. The only thing with a Texas Tech mention is an NIL post. I'm sorry, guys. That's not because he's staying at Texas Tech. That's because he has to have it on there for contractual reasons. So, Mark Adams, what the heck has happened to this team? And I, look, I, I, I can't share everything, but there's been stories. If you're on the message boards, you know the stories. If you're on Facebook, you probably don't. If you're on Twitter, you may have heard murmurs about it, but there's stories about him. Um, and really, if you're winning, nobody cares. Nobody cares. The stories have been going on for a while, and, uh, you know, it wasn't a problem during the Sweet 16, but... Questions I have to ask, and we can get into this nepotism thing because we went through it with Bob Knight and then Pat Knight, and then we go through it with Mark Adams bringing Luke Adams on, and the one nepotism that we don't get, and look, I'm going to say this tongue in cheek because Joey McGuire is the right guy for text Tech Sonny Dice would not do as well in the long term in Lubbock as Joey McGuire will do, but. The one guy we don't show nepotism to is Sonny Dykes, who just got TCU to a national title after going, what, 5-7, and seven, maybe 4-8 and eight last year? When we had Spike Dykes coaching for us. I mean, look, if there was ever a time to make a nepotism mistake, and it would be a mistake because he's not quite a fit here in Lubbock, um, it would have been to get Sonny Dykes. Instead, we got Pat Knight and Luke Adams. And what I've heard is that Luke Adams has a lot of say in this offense, and this offense is bad. It is bad. We brought in Stephen Green, or Steve Green, sorry, from South Plains, who won three JUCO national titles in Levelland, Texas, for South Plains College. We bring him in to be our OC because that's what he does best, and we're not letting him do his job. And that's frustrating. That's frustrating. I know there were murmurs that Luke Adams I, I I I may be getting this wrong. I believe he was fired from New Mexico Junior College. He wasn't overly successful there and he gets a spot coaching at a D1 school. I mean, come on. Come on. I No more hiring coaches, sons. That's it. If you're, if you're our head coach, it needs to be put in your contract unless you're Spike Dykes because Sonny Dykes was a coordinator for us. Maybe not a coordinator, but he was a coach for us. That, hey, you need to get a unanimous approval from whatever our search committee was for Beard, for Adams, whatever it was for uh, Joey McGuire. You got to get unanimous approval to bring him on staff. You got to get it. But, Mark Adams is on the hot seat. His buyout's about seven and a half million. You got four million from Chris from UT for Chris Beard's buyout, which thank God he is not coaching that team. That would be absolute hell. The season would be absolute hell for us right now if Chris Beard had this program in Austin going in the right direction. But he's gone, thankfully. Um, and then you saved three million off of salary last year. You're at seven million. Your largest donor is kind of commenting right now and there's some smaller donors who are commenting on the state of the program as well more publicly uh yeah that seven and a half million buyout just remember nebraska paid an extra seven and a half million to fire scott frost a week early it can be done it's not an impossible buyout I know he was AP Coach of the Year, and I, I, I'll i hear arguments for keeping him. I get you think he can turn it around, but his comments about, and it was earlier in the week, I believe before Kansas State, where he said, yeah, we have to get older. We have to get older, and we'll do that through the transfer portal. Why? Why? We lost Shannon. He is lighting it up with Illinois. Kevin McCoy, I know this guy is hot and cold, but, man – you would want to have him on this team. Agbo's playing well at Boise State. And Bala lit it up at, at Buffalo. You got like 12 guys who have transferred out of your programs who are starting for either power six schools or high mid majors right now. That you can't tell me there aren't four or five of them you'd love to have on this team. I'm sorry. You can't. It. <sighs> even Agbo, Nadoni, Malik Wilson, he's sitting out the season at Houston. Hey, why wasn't why weren't those three invited back? I will I will give up talent to have locker room continuity, guys who know the system, guys who fit in the system, guys who have length like Nadoni, Agbo, and Malik Wilson. I know some of them were black holes on the offensive end like Wilson was. Agbo didn't get much time, but he's shining in, at Boise right now uh nadoni you can say yeah no he's not gonna be a 25 30 minute game type of guy i get that you don't beat texas and austin without him you don't beat kansas in lubbock without him and and we try to out recruit him in the portal if you're bringing on a seventh eighth man he'd be a great eighth man he got you two wins last year you went twelve and six in conference play, you're ten and eight without him. I mean, just the amount of talent we've let go from this program. You know, I believe three of our if Elijah Fisher does leave, three of our top four all-time recruits have left after their first year to the portal. And Jamais Ramsey went to the G League. He was the fourth. The G League. You lost Kavon Moore, and I get Kavon Moore never parent and out. You lost Burnett. Burnett's playing well in Alabama. And I get that some people will say, oh, well, you want to fire the coach after one year. Yes, because I don't see the point of keeping a 65, 66-year-old head coach who can't, who who, who bled players in the portal last year. Who, I'm sorry, we have two recruits this class. It's It's a nice class. It's not a great class. there's nice pieces there's two nice pieces at the end of the day we got two shooting guards um i don't know we need big man we're losing no banner we're 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 gonna lose Fardos. i bet uh bacho can't stay healthy like he did a great job hitting from the portal last year but it just is not the same this year and something needs to change and something needs to change quick and I think Kirby has a tough decision ahead of him this offseason. As soon as the Big 12 tournament is over, the clock starts ticking. You got the transfer portal coming up. You got a guy over in Charleston, Virginia, who uh, I, he's my favorite for the job if it comes open. Um, it's just, it's not good right now. It's not good. And a decision needs to be made because we learned through Beard. We made a Sweet 16 after we lost Beard. We we made a Final Four. We made a Lead 8 after we lost Tubby Smith. The program's not one person. The program at this point is way too big to be about one person. I'm sorry, I know he's from West Texas. I know he's from Brownfield. The program is bigger than one person. Much bigger. Much, much bigger. And Kirby is in all likelihood, going to be faced with a decision after the Big 12 tournament ends. And the way it looks, it's going to end that Wednesday. Maybe it ends that Thursday. And he's got to get that decision right. And then if he gets that decision right, there's a good chance that he's going to have to get a second decision right on who comes in to replace him. All right, now moving on to happier news, because there are happier news. We have baseball starting in just a few weeks Our team's ranked in the top 25. I'm already planning a trip to Omaha. I don't know if we'll get there. We got a lot of young pieces. Um, There's been some great analysis over it. But we do have a Big 12 schedule that has still not been released. So I'm going to give you my dream schedule. This is what I want. This is because it's not about getting the best teams here anymore. It's about playing for a Big 12 championship, and you may need to go eight and one this year. Seven and two gives you a shot. Six and three is not going to cut it. Um, so I assume that we get four road games and five home games. My road games would be at BYU because Provo. I'm in Denver. I can drive over there. Um, that would be a beautiful road trip. It'd be fun. We'd have to figure out a way to get whiskey and to sneak it in our diet cokes, but you know what? Hey, you know, wait. I was in logistics. We can figure that out um, at Baylor. We're I I think Baylor's a bat. I think we beat Baylor. I think we beat Baylor at UCF. I think we'd beat them even on the road at Houston. I I think we'd get them there, and I, I'm pretty sure Houston will be on our schedule. I'm hearing that it's going to be in Lubbock, uh, but I'd love to have that as one of our road games because it's not a tough atmosphere. We have a large alumni base in Houston. I think it'd be a pretty even crowd and i think we win that game um at west virginia uh we've owned them lately and i'm not afraid of neil brown even at home so my four home games will be tcu i would l- i we will play tcu i'm pretty certain of that and i would love to beat the big 12 champions at home i'd love to beat them on the road not big 12 champions sorry they didn't win it uh the team who played for the Natty. I'd love to beat them. Iowa State, not afraid of them. Not afraid of them at all. Oklahoma State, at home, not afraid of them. They've been bleeding out of, out like crazy in the portal. I'd love to see Bowman come back in Lubbock. Um, yeah, Bowman, I'm not going to lie to you. He's, other than Baker Mayfield, he's my favorite former player to root against. Um, And then Texas at home. I'd love to see Texas at home. I'd love to beat them again at home. I don't care if we play them in Austin or we play them in Lubbock. I don't care if we don't play them. Uh, They're going to be a decent team. I left Kansas State off the schedule. I hope we don't get both Kansas State and Texas. It sounds like we will. Sounds like we're not going to get Oklahoma State. Uh, We'll have to wait and see until the official schedule is released. But I would love... Love to see Texas at home again because I think we're gonna be a better team than we were last year. And i don't really believe that Texas is gonna be a better team at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, they have good talent, they have good recruits, they got Xavier Worthy, they got a decision between Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. They got a decent defense. Their their O line's gotten better, but the the offense they ran it revolved around Bijan and Roshan, and they're both gone. Um, I know they're bringing in talented guys, but yeah, give me Texas, no problem there. Anyways, that's gonna do it uh, for this part of it. Um, I'm actually gonna go ahead and add a discussion I had with Chase about well TCU and Kendall Bryles and where that direction's going. TCU is gonna be on a downfall. Okay, do you want to go there? Yeah, let's go there. Let's go. All let's right. get some good news. Let's talk about <laughs> TCU.
1: So, all right. So I do have Kindle Brow's opinions, but first, what I will say is that I need to sit down and actually look at it. I trust Sonny in the portal. The guy knows how to portal, and it I seems agree. that he's pulling. He pull. It seems he's pulling some guys in. Now, um, it depends on whose quarterback is. I heard that that kid that had originally committed to Florida for that thirteen million dollar NIL, the rumored sure. NIL deal. Yeah, it was supposed to be visiting TCU. I think this weekend. really. Yes, oh, wow. and then he was to visit TCU and then Arizona State. Um, wow. So we'll see what happens there. Let's hope uh, let's hope old Cactus Boy can pull him out to Arizona State. Yeah, um, Carrington. I DM'd him <laughs> and he
0: actually responded. That was really? nice. I, yeah, I wished him luck. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it seemed like after he posted that picture with who Carrington,
1: uh, uh, Finch, was,
0: Finch. Yeah, Finch yeah. Carrington. By the way, but yeah. Um, uh, that would be great. Well, I, I think Chandler Morris is a good quarterback. They got a lot of good transfers, but I, I think TCU's is heading the wrong direction. Everybody that they could have lost, they lost.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, oh absolutely. I think no. To me, they're not heading to the right direction. They could very. Yeah. I feel I mean, eight wins max. even before Garrett Riley left. I it was an eight and fourteen. I, th- I think that's you know potentially still their ceiling. Maybe still want to be nine and three. But when it comes to Kendall Bryant, it's so interesting because one of my wife's best my friends, friends. Yeah, I, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand how you go down I-35 and hire the guy you guys talk crap about six years ago in a program yeah. about that Gary Patterson was sitting at the Colonial Country Club laughing when the news broke because he told everybody weeks before, why don't you look down I-35 and see what they're up to down there? like their leader, the guy that built that program that arguably helped build that university with all the money he helped bring in. And they go hire the guy at the same last name. The only assistant coach to my knowledge mentioned in the pepper Hamilton report, you go hire that guy. Yeah. And it, it makes- it's so funny. What one of my wife's best friends was in town this weekend. She went to Baylor law school when all of that was going down and all of her professors were involved in all that stuff that went on. And cause I even asked her about it this weekend and she goes, that she was one that was a campus-wide problem it wasn't just the football team just the football team was out front was like, hey i know and i agree the thing is, is it, this is a christian school that's that's happening at
0: well they only go by tcu now they don't go by texas christian no anymore. but baylor that's they still own the christian that was yeah but hard i to believe
1: and i, 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 mean, I know it's baylor true fans.
0: it's wild. I hated it for the baylor fans because i
1: i know Baylor fans yeah i I, i've had like i have further legacies of that university none of them support those kinds of things and 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 that you know what the administration cleared out and did the right thing they brought in the right coaches to change the culture of that place joey was a part of that with matt rule um but for the for tcu to go hire this guy and the thing is they could have done better he, what he what was it? Uh, Fort Atlantic, Houston, Florida State, Arkansas. He hasn't had any problems there, but he has also never made any public acknowledgement of any wrongdoing.
0: Yeah. Look, this isn't a guy that was, um, as Kyle said on the gambling gouches, this isn't a guy that was like a grad assistant as a D-line guy. This was the offensive coordinator who was the son of the head coach.
1: Who the head coach said, I delegated things down to my of- assistant coaches covering up gang rapes yes like that's a serious thing that's it's it's like i i, I try to report my profession out there on twitter but I'm, I'm i'm a licensed mental health counselor that's what i do for a living yeah. and, and it's it, it, it's i have you know have had clients in the past who are victims of those kinds of situations of sexual abuse and things like that yeah. and it's just awful and for people to be like oh it's no big deal like you really
0: don't have any idea what you're saying Yeah. It- <laughs> That's one that I mean, I don't even know if it's fair to say one of other than mu- murder. It's like the worst thing you can do as a human being. And
1: oh, this also house the house. same university that had a player do that in a basketball program, but True. that's a different story.
0: Well, uh, well, killed, <laughs> the, killed him in the locker room and blamed it on the guy who got killed. But yeah, so it's and, and know, to it be fair to Baylor, they cleaned house, but they, they close, house. 99% of TCU fans are pissed at this hire. it it
1: seems that way at least the twitter verse seems that way and i have several buddies who are uh who are tcu alumni who aren't on twitter and they're like this sucks man they go i hope he's in the press box i hope he never speaks i don't want to see him i don't want to hear from him uh don't have him on the sidelines don't let him on camp like they're just like can he just be here for a couple of years and be gone i I think that's a fair response like
0: if yeah. Tech hired somebody like that, I think that I, I'd have the same response. Keep me out of the limelight. I don't want to hear him. I don't want to see him. So I, yeah. I, I'm not going to judge any TCU fans for that. No, I won't I either. Now, there's other for ones other out there, like, not for that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Now, there's other ones out there like, who cares? This is, I was like, all right, now I, I will judge you and say, like, you yeah. really don't know what you're talking about. But when it comes to, like, the fans I – I know a lot of fans who, who donate to their, you know, their frog foundation or the heck it's called and our season ticket holders – And they're like, I still want to go support my team. I hate this
0: hire, but what am I supposed to do? Donati is a POS.
1: Oh, that's all I'm going to
0: say, man. I don't like Donati. He's a massive POS. You got massive inflation. You're charging fans $1,600 to go watch a game. You know you're inflating it. Now you're hiring some guy who was covering up gang rapes. Oh, no,
1: he knew. And he wasn't the starter of this. This was under Gil Conte. The first year of TCU being in the Big Twelve, I bought four tickets to go watch tech basketball in Fort Worth, eighty bucks. Yeah. Uh I think that's the service fee now for one ticket. I'm not I'm exaggerating that, but now it's oh. now if basketball ticket is, you know, $150, dollars together and it's for tech games because I know they can inflate those prices. Uh but you know, Denati, that, that guy's useless. Um He's for a guy for a guy bad. that touts trolling other fan bases, specifically ours, blocking yeah. our fan base. That, that, inhales the smoke and invites it for, for them to hide in Twitter, the way they did in that post, yeah, for them not to make any announcement to not, at least I did not see any kind of press conference for a guy, for a guy that inhales the smoke on Twitter to hide behind this tells you, they know that they know what they were doing. Yeah. They knew it
0: wasn't. And right. look, I grew up, I, I, I was a UT fan growing up. Um, yeah. I liked TCU cause they had Texas Christian, their name. So I liked them. I would yeah. watch them on versus cuz they played a lot of weekend night weekday <laughs> night games. Versus. Yeah, yeah. Versus. That's a- Now 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 the defunct MDC Sports used to be O-O-N, but that's why I would watch them on so I liked them. And I I root for them cuz they're Texas Christian. And I was Christian and I you know, I was Methodist, but they and there are Travelers were Methodist but anyways. I root for them and then they're doing all this crap like you're inflating tri- ticket prices. Uh, you're acting cocky about it. You're hiring a guy that covered up gang rapes. Like, come on, you're you're just completely betraying all the values. I'm sorry, you like, are. Yeah,
1: you are. And I'm not going to say it all falls on Kendall. Bride, it's a culture that was built no. there. It also falls on the Waco PD. It falls on the administration for not doing anything. But you speak up. You do. You and you cut a guy. You cut a guy from your team when they're doing something wrong. I. Yeah. I I will say this, like one thing, I was like, I, I had a college coach who had a domestic violence uh, situation between two athletes happened one time. And that was on a late Saturday night, Monday morning, yeah. first, second on campus at 8 a.m. That person turned their gear and was no longer part of our team yeah. uh, because because that that individual coach did things the right way.
0: Yeah. And I will say I'm not judging any TCU fans oh. for this. You're rooting for your university and they're probably disagreeing with the decisions the admins making more than I am even.
1: Mm-hmm.